Hello Geeks, this is Blue Samurai here, and you are listening to a Gen Con special of Geeks of Cascadia. Um, in this podcast, you're going to be hearing Greg and I uh, reporting on Gen Con. Unfortunately, my two other co-hosts, Paul Anderson and Joe Costasaurus, could not make it out to Gen Con because they had family issues. Um, can you believe that? They put family and work above tabletop gaming. Can't believe it. Just crazy. Crazy. Anyway, um, but I had Greg with me and we did many interviews over the past four days of industry leaders and up and coming industry leaders. We interviewed Andrew Hackard, Bruce Cordell, David Gerard, um, who's an up and cover. Uh, we get interviewed David Hopp, who's the president, or Hoppy, sorry, who's the president of Gen Con and CEO, and he's going to give us an insight to what's going on with Gen Con in the future. Mike um, Selinker, Owen Casey Stevens with ISO, and he is the lead designer of Starfinder, and he's going to give you some insight into that. But you won't hear his podcast until another future podcast. It's way too long for this one. Paul Peterson, Rod Duncan, Robert Huss, and Tim Blank. Uh, some of these names you know, some of them you don't know. We have a spread of both uh, big uh, tabletop game developers who many of us know, and a few smaller ones, indie ones, that are up-and-comers. And I think it's good to have a big spread of all those game developers. So with all, so the way this is going to work is this: um, you're going to hear... Greg and I go over the day's events, and then I'm going to put in a series of short interviews with some game developers. And then you're going to go into another day with Greg and I reporting on what what went on, and then another series of interviews. And we're going to do that all the way up to day four, and the very last interview will be with Dave Hoppy, who is the CEO of Gen Con. And I think it's fitting to have him at the very end of this podcast. So with that, let's go into the special. Roll the dice. Hey nerds! It's Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Geeks of Cascadia. Exclusive tabletop game podcast for the uh, Pacific Northwest. All levels of gamers. Analog gaming. Tabletop news. Stupid, mindless, bad. There will definitely be some. That, that's probably our best. A lot that, of that's, stupid that's, our, that's our best feature. You are listening to the Geeks of Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon. Hey, Geeks, Blue Samurai here, and guess what? I'm right here at Gen Con. This is day one. Um, normally, I'm with my other. Uh, podcast hosts, um, Paul Anderson and Joe Costasaurus, but they couldn't make it because they're lame. So with me, I have... You had to settle for Greg Pratt this time around. I, yes, I did. But you know what? It's a good substitute, so I'm glad you came with me. Yeah, it's been so good so far. Well, yeah, yeah. and the fact I get to split the room with you is even Well, better. yeah, I took my wife, so I'm, I'm picking up more of the room than he is at least. Absolutely. So it's really a win-win for me. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But... 
listeners, I gotta tell you, and fellow geeks, this is the first time we've ever been to Gen Con, and this is like, this is on my bucket list. Yeah, might as well. It's been probably since the 80s I've been thinking about this. Me too. Uh, I'd say like late 70s, early 80s, in fact. I mean, how are you feeling right now? Pretty amazing, right? Amazing. A little tired. We're only on day one. Can't believe I'm even here, (laughs) to tell you the truth. And we've met a lot of great people, a lot of great people in the tabletop gaming industry. We got Mike Seleniker. Selinker. Selinker, yep. And I don't know why I screw that up all the time. And uh, Paul Peterson, we got Rob Duncan and Robert Huss and Tim Blank. There's other folks we've run across in in the convention as well, not just them. Yeah, that's true. Many designers and fellow gamers from all over the country. Right, and we're going to meet more of them as the day goes on, or the days go on. So this is just day one. And so far, I can tell you, I feel pretty good. feel pretty good about coming here. I'm glad I came here. It's been a blast so far already. It has. And the amount of people, I mean, you got 19,000 events, 500 exhibitors, and probably around 70,000 people are right here in Indianapolis. We, we probably raised the IQ level of Indiana like 20%. Sure. I, I think that's a low estimate there. I've seen, and the, and the driving's probably improved as well. I saw okay. a couple of locals there. Well, and since this is my first con, there's a lot of things that I was not prepared for. I'm sure you were, too. So I think I did a little more research than you did there, yeah, Steve. maybe, maybe. But I did talk to the guy. I talked to uh, Jake Tice, who, who helped me out, who runs this thing. So, But there were some things he didn't mention, and, and I think you ran into it, too. Number one, I would recommend if you ever do this con, come the day before. Yeah, and so my wife and I actually did, and we actually got a chance to scope out a lot of where a lot of stuff was mm-hmm. before we got there and how a few things worked on top of that. Yeah, I, I really recommend that. You can also pick up your tickets at Will Call before the day of the con, which is but, a huge plus. But but even better than that, have them mail them to you. Yeah. Even better choice than that. that. But it wasn't that big of a deal. It took me about five minutes to go up to Will Call and get Okay, I've heard horror stories from some people waiting four or five hours. Oh wow, that that definitely was not me. Um, Also, and this is important, there are other aspects to this convention that you're going to get just besides your pass. Uh, A coupon book. You're going to get a coupon book, and you're going to get a program. You want to get tickets for the events? Is another one. Literally, you ask people, right? There's tons of convention, Gen Con, staff people around here. Just ask them. Um, you and should leave the first day, day one. Um, hopefully you came here the day before and you scouted out. Make sure you get a coupon, booklet, the program, and a lanyard. Also, <laughs> I know it's silly, but you know, you got to ask yeah, the lanyard. Some of the, you know, other tips would be, be ready for the, when the exhibit halls open up right away. Right. It's a lot. Some of the promos and stuff that the companies have they're only limited number. When they're gone, they're gone. And sometimes these are early releases of, of some very popular games. Well, and also my biggest, biggest, biggest advice to people who are going to go to Gen Con for the first time, create your own lame podcasts and maybe you can get a press pass. Hopefully you'll be more maybe. successful than us. <laughs> it was all good. We, no, it was good. It was good. And now I know the subject has come up. I asked it, and that's how do you dress? Okay, I'm going to tell you about Indianapolis. It is muggy, humid. It is human, but but I will say this. Now, each person is different, okay? They're temperature sensitive. I find that in the convention center, the AC is enough where I get a little chilly if I'm uh, stationary. Now, my good friend Greg, I might disagree. different. Yeah, 
I've also been around probably some nooks and crannies that Steve hasn't, but air conditioning is not equal in all locations of the convention no, center. I, I, I've, been, I've been a lot of places around here. I, again, uh, I think it's temperature sensitive. I think if you're moving around, you wear shorts, that's fine. Yeah, definitely um, recommend shorts during August, period, definitely. There, there are some folks that, well, they can endure a little bit of cold and... You know, I can't. But anyway, that's the, not the that in the beer, Steve. You know, in the beer, yeah, in the <laughs> beer. So, uh, also comfortable shoes. I highly recommend you wear comfortable shoes. Yeah, I added some extra an extra liner to my shoes, and I am not regretting it one bit. <laughs> and me, I'm wearing sandals, but I can handle sandals. I I was in the army and infantry, but I, I like my feet to breathe when I'm here too. Each throw on mine work pretty well with what I've got. So, um, what other advice? Oh, the other advice I would have is when you get the program, map out where you're going to go to. Yes, definitely that that helps. Um, kind of build a schedule too is another thing. If you've got specific events you want to go to, it right. be, quite honestly, a lot of them fill up very early. Um, do them in the far in advance. Um, True Dungeon is an example, one that that uh, gets booked up solid. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, sometimes um, they have. Um, the oh, what do they call them? The, the the tickets. What are the ones we got? Just got uh, the, you're the, the about generic generics. Yeah, generic t- t- talk about the generic tickets. So so for a lot, most events, um, there's actually a couple. They charge a couple dollars per per uh, per two hour session. Right. Um, they have what are known as generic tickets. So so ideally, you sign up in advance and get in and get your gar- tickets. Your guaranteed seating in there. But what happens though is you know you got people who may not show up even despite losing a couple dollars for right. it. Right. So they have what are known as generic tickets, and these are kind of in $2 increments, and you just use them to buy your way into events that have extra spaces still left, you know. Well, and, it, and, it, and it varies. You know, if the event's $2, hey, it's one ticket. Right. If the event's $60, it's 30 and some events are $60. Right, and the thing you have to do, too, is if, if you're listening to this program, you're probably a diehard tabletop gamer. I mean, no doubt about it. So... When I came here, I knew that I had to pick up Cities of Splendor, which is an expansion to Splendor. And what I'm trying to tell you is, is that's got to be part of your plan. Yes. So, uh, so for example, uh, you know, I have the same thing. I have Twilight Imperium 4 is the game I'm after. I haven't right, picked my copy you, up, but I got a ticket that guarantees that I'll get one as long as I buy it by tomorrow. So does that add another three hours to an already, like, ten-hour game? No, probably not, oh, actually. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, you know, it, only if Steve's playing, right? You have to explain it three I don't, times. I don't, I don't think that's that's true. Uh, that's why no one plays with you anyway. <laughs> hey, I gotta, hey, I get to play that every, so, every two or three months. So the other thing we got going on is the food. Let's talk about the food a little bit. So here's my advice to you: you there's really good food around the convention center, but it's highly expensive. And we're talking. I know Greg and I. Uh, oh, I've yeah. walked around and, and the prices are outrageous. But when you just go like two or three blocks out of that, or maybe you go to uh, some of these places that are not as um, affluent. Yeah, I, I mean, it, they're decent prices. Well, it, it, it just depends on what you're looking for in food. Right. And um, don't uh, everything everybody I've heard from has said don't eat the convention center food if you can avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't yet. Um, but they have some food trucks out there and. Pick and choose a little bit. There's some that are good and some that are questionable might be a nice way to put it. But, right. you know, it, but overall, you can get some good selection there. And there's some 
good yeah, restaurants I, too. I haven't really spent a lot of money on food, surprisingly, I thought I would, and I didn't. I went to a Spaghetti Factory, which is actually rather inexpensive, and then we we all went to a restaurant yesterday, and I cannot remember the name. Bar- Barbarinos? I think that's how it's sipped, yeah. Yeah, well, it was great because uh, I had a, in fact, your wife and I both had a, a steak My wife salad, and, yeah. right? And I, I wasn't uh, hungry, I just had a milkshake. You had nothing. A milkshake. You had a milkshake, but, but, and I had a beer. It was great. It was half price. So it was awesome. Oh, yeah. It, yes. <laughs> Remember that so, for the future. Other than that, I think that's pretty well, much my advice. No, the, the, there's, there's a couple other. The shake and steak was okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the shakes were good, and, stay, and the burgers were not bad, and mm-hmm. the price was reasonable, actually. Bring some food yourself. I, I bring dried fruit with me. Bring um, water. And bring water. They bring water. a water bottle and fill it up every chance you get, yeah. especially with the humidity. It is, you need to. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's a little different over here. Yeah, it's a little different, but overall, I really enjoyed it. The people are great. The Gen Con staff is at They're amazing. And, and honestly, the bad thing about coming here for me is because I'm doing the podcast, I'm constantly working. There's a couple times I had to go back to the hotel to download files and put together um, audio files. But if you wanted to, you could jump into the game anywhere around here. Yeah, there's, there's really games nice. a lot, and, and there, there are always there's a lot of people willing right. to teach games. And, um, right, and, and some people, like Greg, Greg, you were saying, like, you know, some of them cost money, but the reality is a lot of them don't. I mean, people it do depends. pick up games. Yeah, there's, there's pick-up games. Um, there's some a lot of the demos, particularly in the exhibition hall. Um, it just depends on what they are. There's a lot of tournaments, though, too, so it just depends, and... A lot of the ones that cost a lot of money, typically it's because there's materials they need to, to buy. I mean, there's there's one like making some sort of chain mail, uh, they, and they provide like three pounds of, of metal coils or something. Right. If it's you like, want to make a chain mail outfit. Or, or a dice bag. Or, or a dice bag. Dice bag would be about right. right. Yeah. You know, but, you know, there's all sorts of people in all sorts of events. I mean, there's ones on game design. Um, I sat on one of those today. It was not a bad one. Um, there's a... Another one just entered in the True Dungeon, which is whole True Dungeon. By the way, it, it looks really expensive. It looks I haven't gotten to do it yet, but we kind of had an intro tonight, and it looks really, really good. More on that later, probably yeah, on day that'll, two. That'll be on day two. We'll do another podcast of this. I don't know when this is going to air. Uh, the only people that know when this is going to air is you, the listener, because you're hearing it right now. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed talking to the local game developers that came all the way out here to. Uh, push their wares and, and trying to get trying to get one major publisher to pick it up so it was really cool to see that uh, seeing Robert Huss and, and Rob Duncan and Tim Blank now not all of them are from Washington State but to see these indie developers in here that are, are trying to make it big and of course talking to the big guys like Mike Seleniker and, and Paul Peterson hey Paul, Paul's an old gaming buddy awesome, of mine but, well yeah but I'm saying Paul and, yeah. and Mike I know awesome. they're, good. they're very good in fact they were so and They're all very know, good, Paul, honestly. Uh, Paul, if you're listening to this, and Mike, I, I apologize for stumbling over my words and acting like an idiot, but you got to understand, from my perspective, you guys are, like, amazing. And so it's like, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, I just, I didn't know what to say. It's really uh, it's weird. it's all good. My other job, I, I do well, but I don't know why. When I talk to you, these big game developers or, or act as, like an idiot. Or as he so. told Mike, the, the demigod. Yeah, that's right. He is a demigod. That's right. <laughs> 
talked to some, I've talked to a lot of great people uh, since I've done this podcast, like uh, Chris Pramus and Wolfgang Bauer and Alex Jarabic and all these games. So there's, so. there's a few more we might have lined up for tomorrow yeah, too. Yeah, we do, and we'll have a few, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that as well. So, anything else before we sign off? Uh, not not too much. Uh, it is. It's a three-hour difference, so sleep is a little funny still. But you know, hey, yeah, different from true. home. That's true. Oh uh, yeah, it's uh, oh the auction. It, it, that's another thing. Oh, that that's you, right. One thing that we discovered that uh, there's a very very nice game auction here, and it's it it's goes huge. On forever. Yeah, it, yeah, it goes on all weekend long, and you know there, there's all sorts of stuff. You know, for you know, like uh-huh. first print D and D books. I mean, I'm talking the white cover ones, and right? To you know. I saw some miniatures or some splat books from some strange supplement from some, and you think no one will want that. And here's people going fifty dollars, seventy dollars, eighty dollars. What? What is right, this? Right, whatever you want. I mean, I saw. It's just crazy stuff here. I, I showed I showed you Greg today the Twilight two thousand. I mean. Oh yeah, I that, played that way back in the day. That is an old game, you know. Um, um, I thought about buying it, but like, who's going to play with me on that? Yeah, <laughs> no one's going to play that. I, I might have bought a couple of items for there myself, but you know they're. Just trying to pad out a little bit of my collection, so right. here and there, a couple old D and D books, mine, mine which are kind of in sad shape, but some some of which mm-hmm. are quite a bit better. So you know, and then there's there's a, what else? I'm the auction. Mm-hmm. Just trying to run. There's just, just so many. There's so many things. Yeah. It just kind of well, it's just odds and ends stuff. I mean, there's there's um there's actually a child's play that, that's um, mm-hmm. a uh, charity that's being oh, sponsored that's right. by a lot of events. Yeah. There's like uh, there's a raffle there. There was this cool thing where they were building car, they're building towers that have like old cards and stuff like that uh-huh. in this area, building kind of like a city. And then as, cool. a, as a fun, but as the fundraiser though, basically everyone's going to throw change and, oh, and yeah, stuff to knock right. the, the towers down. So it's over at the end of the uh, okay, connection hall. To, and check that there's out. another guy who's he's spending the weekend just building a massive balloon monster, and people are going to throw donate some money to actually go pop all the balloons and kill the monster. Nice. nice. It's just all sorts, you know. Lots of cool stuff around. Well, I, I tell you, I know it took me about, man, I don't know, about 40 years to get here. But it's well worth it. And if you're a tabletop gamer, if you're into this world, this is, you uh, have to come here at least yeah. one time. And the, <clears throat> and the focus here is tabletop gaming. There's a little bit of other stuff, but it, the focus that is... That's what I love about this. It's, yeah. it's tabletop gaming. That's right. Alrighty then. Well, hey, that's all I have for today. Um, stay tuned for more. Yeah, see you next time. All right, geeks. Uh, I'm here with uh, Robert, who was with us just a little while ago, right? Yeah, I, I, I hear the interview just aired recently. I haven't even <laughs> had a chance to listen to it yet. It did. I think uh, maybe five people listened to it, I think. Oh, maybe well, My, well, Myself definitely listened well, to I'll it. Well, I'll get on that. I was, I was on a plane when, when oh, Okay, well, great. Well, I'm glad to see you at Gen Con. I know we talked about this before, but... I mean, it, you you kind of go from con to con to, to sell your wares and everything. Right? I love the convention scene. Getting to sit down with mm-hmm. people and play games with them is my favorite part of being a game developer. And uh, probably, hopefully, you will do well and do more than break even and everything. So that's good. I'm hoping that's so. Good. That's that's been the way it's gone so far. This is uh, Tabletop Co-op's third time being here at Gen Con, mm-hmm. and we've been stepping up our game every time. And we've got a lot of stuff to sell. To, today and I think we're going to do great. Now you had, I, I know you do uh, the Shadow Over Westminster, but there was something else that we talked about 
after this one. I, I do have my game last fashion, which actually I, I have half a dozen meetings with publishers that I'm going to be pitching to to see see if they have some interest in picking that up. So oh, that's, good. That's, okay. Gen Con isn't just about sitting down and playing the games. It's a time when all of the industry really is together in one spot. So it's great mm -hmm. for networking, making connections, uh, pitching games. That There's this huge behind-the-scenes aspect mm -hmm. that's going on the whole time during the convention that most of the regular convention doors aren't even necessarily aware of. And for an aspiring game developer, how would you do that? Do you just kind of coldly go up? Kind of like a cold call, go up to these people, introduce yourself, or that would be one way to do it. There's actually a really cool thing that they have now called publisher speed dating. So you can put in an application, and if 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 your game gets mm -hmm. chosen, you get to meet with with ten or more ten or more publishers that sit down. You just get like five minutes with with each of them, mm -hmm. and it really gets it's especially for those first time game developers. It gets a chance to get their ideas out there, set up meetings, meet people in the industry, and so that's a great new window that's been going on for. The so, so this is where you're gonna have to ha have a high charisma, right, to, to win win people over. You gotta roll your twenties. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, uh, thanks for talking to me, uh, and uh, we'll follow you, of course. It is so, always a pleasure. All right. Hey, Geeks. Uh, again, I am at Gen Con. I am here with Tim. Tim, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Steve? Pretty good. Now, Tim is part of the uh, Tabletop Co-op, which I love because there's like a, I, they're like a mini mafia of game developers who are trying to struggle. And, but they're struggling, but they're getting in the business, and they're elbowing in, and they're a lot of hard work. Tim, what do you what, what else do you decide uh, developing games? Um, so... The other thing that I have with me here today is a little uh, Wet Erase reusable uh, RPG booklet. Uh, and it, um, so I do some game crafts as well, and so okay. this is a craft that I do. And, um, and then for my full-time job, I actually work at a college up in Boston. I call myself the most hated man on campus because I'm the one who literally sends their tuition bills to them every semester. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. All right, well, cool. And no one is ever happy to see a $25,000 bill. And so uh, tell me about your game, uh, Oh My Gods. So Oh My Gods is a family game. Uh, it's... I like to call it Clue on steroids. It's deduction. One of the Greek gods has stolen mm -hmm. Zeus's lightning bolt, and it's up to us to figure out who Oh, okay. Is. So if you think of Clue, where you're looking through other players' hands to find cards, uh, there's that aspect to it. But there's also an aspect of uh, giving up information in order to get more. So you can reveal a card uh, or a god onto the table, uh, use a special power that it has, and but in doing that, you're now helping the other players figure out who the thief is. And I see it's... Uh, I love it. These are short games. Yep. 15 minutes, uh, 8 years old or older, so my, my boys can play it. Absolutely. Three to five players. Yeah, um, and I've actually had kids as young as six play it, and mm -hmm. one great thing I love about Oh My Gods mm -hmm. is... It doesn't feel random, but kids can beat parents in it just just as easily as parents can beat kids. Oh, see, I gotta I gotta make sure my kids know who's the boss. So okay. I don't know if this is good for me. Or well, not. you could always cheat, but I can't really. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't <laughs> so, condone that. So how did you uh, did you kickstart this, or did you find a publisher? I did. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, so okay. I kickstarted it last year, and I also um, I'm kind of in with the Breaking Games crowd. Mm -hmm. um, Ad Magic Breaking Games, Ad Magic uh, created it or manufactured it for me. I I ran a Kickstarter in 2000 
2015, and it mm-hmm. was successful, which is why I was able to get it printed. Well, cool. So what's your next project? Right now, I'm working on a game. I know you were just talking to Bobby about mm-hmm. publisher speed dating. I'm going to be going to that on All Saturday. Right, cool. um, I have a game called Bamuntu. It's uh, a more medium-weight strategy game, but it's based on the cultures of Central Africa. and it's Oh, really... that's so cool. Okay. All right. Yeah, and you get to... Uh, mm-hmm ride around on animals through the jungle mm-hmm. um, but also it's a, it's a good respectful way to uh, to teach players about a mm-hmm. culture that I've found a lot of people don't know about. So, so what got you into that? What, what inspired you to do that game? Um, I really shouldn't say that on recording okay but it started with a very different theme okay um, that involved war and genocide and so you went from players, war and genocide to peace and culture right, and diversity. Yes, exactly, I like exactly. it. That's yeah, good. players don't that's want good. to... We need uh, more of that yeah, in this yeah, country yeah. right now, so yeah, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, uh-huh. it, w- it wasn't even that. Um, it was just the, the theme players kind of went... As soon as you told them what it was. Oh, so okay. okay. That, that was just a huge gate that kept players from playing it. And now when they look at this board and they get to ride animals around the jungle, they're, they're really excited for it. So, so Tim, tell me. I, I talked to all these game developers. What's your... Your goal to try to like do this for uh, for a living, uh, or uh, get picked up by a game publisher and be a employee. What, what, what's your dream? Um, you know, I don't really have a goal. I'm just enjoying what I'm doing right now. Oh, cool, coming That's to conventions. Um, oh my gods! I like I said, I I'm sort of self-publishing. I'm sort of with the Breaking Games crowd. Uh, for my future game designs, I don't want to do self-publishing. Um, it's great for people who love it, but for me, I don't enjoy the marketing and distribution aspects and all that part. So I just want to design games and offload them onto other publishers and um, kind of go that traditional route. That, that's awesome. Do you have any uh, advice? To future game developers out there, oh god, that's that's uh, hold on to your day job. Yeah, well, no, no, right. actually, the I think the industry does need people who are willing to take those leaps of faith and to go in there and make it their full time job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not easy. You're going to work your butt off. You're going to work sixteen hour days at conventions. So be prepared for that. But the biggest thing is just do things. Just. I, I hear so many I run a design group up in Boston and I have so many new designers who come in and they're saying I have a great idea for a game but I don't know where to go with it and I right. tell them pull it out and show it to me and they don't even have a prototype of it and you're not mm-hmm. going to get anywhere unless you start doing stuff in the industry well thank you for what you do and bringing fun to, to people and uh, thank you. I wish you luck thank you so much alright thank you I'll very much alright take care Hey geeks, this is uh, Blue Samurai here at Gen Con. I'm here with uh, Rob Duncan. Hello. That's me. All right, Rob. And um, I, I know we just talked for about two minutes, but you're going to have to do it again. <laughs> so why are you here again? Oh man, we're here to talk about games. Okay. We play games. We got Shadow over Westminster over here, and then yeah. uh, my game, which isn't at the booth, is SideQuest. But we have a lot of stuff here. We have Phoenix Covenant, we have Brass Empire, mm-hmm. Oh My Gods, and an awesome new uh, Dwarves game. Yeah. Oh, Kelly. By Kelly. Can't tell you yeah, that's by right. Kelly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know he kickstarted. He did a pretty good job yeah, uh, yeah. getting that off the ground. So that that's good. Now, where are you from? San Diego. All San the way Diego. Just moved to okay. Detroit. Okay. So you're not a Washingtonian, but that's okay. Nope. Nope. That's okay. That was on the, like that you. was on the plan, but then I moved to Detroit instead. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, tell, now tell me a little bit about uh, tabletop co-op. It, 
Sure. And, uh, and how does one get into this? Uh-huh. Well, it's uh, it's pretty exclusive. Uh, you uh, meet one of us, and then we invite you. It's very okay, hard. it's like the mafia. It's very very like except for game developers. Yeah, okay. yeah. We're pretty much a bunch of indie indie game designers who uh, come together. We have a community of like you know game testers and helpers, and then uh, we come together to kind of afford a booth together. And what about now? You said you've got a game, but you're. You're trying to find. A dev- I'm the rogue. I'm I'm mm-hmm. a designer that I'm working with real pu- or with bigger publishers. Okay. Um, so right now I've got Side Quest, which is a work replacement game uh, where your characters have stats and abilities. They're not kind of all the same thing. And I'm working hopefully with uh, Eagle Griffin Games, but uh, mm-hmm. nothing's been signed yet. So we're just uh, in in early talks. So you. So this game, it's already developed and everything. It's You're just kind of kind of schlepping it right now, just trying I, to get. I, yes, I am okay. uh, making my way around. <laughs> right. Have you published any other games, or is this I your first not. one? This no, is that's first. good. That's good. I love it. <laughs> yep, that's got good. a couple others we're working on, but uh, yeah. Good. So when you make it big, you'll remember me. I yes. Hope. Yes. All right. Good. Steve. Steve. Geeks of Cascadia. <laughs> yes, I saw you. So with Blue Samurai. So Absolutely. all right. Absolutely. Well, cool. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Rob, for uh, talking to me. Appreciate good it, luck. Steve. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Hey geeks, welcome to day three. Well, we're supposed to be talking about day two, but it's day three right now. I, I did come in a little late because I was talking to some greats um, of the industry, Bruce Cordell, Stephen Rodney McFarlane, and Owen Casey Stevens, who, by the way, Greg, is part of Paizo. I'm sure you've heard about that. Yeah, and, I think I might have. Um, interesting, interesting conversation I had. Um, you know, first of all, Paizo did great. They did the rollout of uh, Starfinder. Star yep, yep, they came out. So here's the thing. They said they came out here with four days of supply. <laughs> they sold out in about four to six hours. Oh, um, they're now, not the only ones. Now, the good thing is they did say they still had a little bit of reserve back in their uh, warehouse back in Washington State because... Obviously, they're they're going to do a release, well, yeah. and they got to make sure people have the product. If you, if you go out to the uh, distributors, mm-hmm. might be a good idea. Right. And you and I had a uh, great interview with Andrew Hacker. Yes, so. Andrew is very helpful, and lots of lots of good info from yes, him. Yes, and you'll be hearing that on a future podcast about what's going on with Munchkin and other game lines at Steve Jackson Games. So it was really informative. And of course, you and Sarah. Um, oh, went, we tried out the True Dungeon. Tell, yes, tell us about that. How was that? So it was. Uh, it was an interesting experience. Uh, we opted. For, there's a couple different routes on, on True Dungeon. There's some that are more combat oriented, some are puzzle oriented. Mm-hmm. Being the guy that I am, I, I opted for the puzzle oriented side. Okay. Um, so one thing they emphasize is teamwork uh, mm-hmm. when you're playing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so the group I was with, um, we might not have had a real great teamwork, and might have not done so well in a few of the puzzles as a result of that. But okay. you know. We, we plotted through. We didn't get killed anyway. It was well, you didn't a, die. Good. I didn't good. die. It was did anybody thing. die? Uh, the bard did. Um, someone had a chip to bring him back, though. So, they, okay. so the True Dungeon gives out these tokens that are mm-hmm. essentially your equipment and treasure. Um, and you, you equip your characters to start with. So at the beginning of it, we get back in a room with our, all the other players we're playing with. And we kind of equip our characters. They fill out a little combat board for what's going on. Or sorry, what our stats mm-hmm. are. And then they take us on in. I'm not going to, as I'm recording, so there's a, the adventure consists of a bunch of different rooms you're going mm-hmm. through. Um, you got actors, you got some animatronics, some, you know, some scenery bits, there's lots of different things. And the puzzles were kind of the core piece for what I was playing, although there was some combat encounters as well, which uses kind of a, 
you've got basically think of it as like a kind of a shuffleboard with the monsters kind of painted on them with oh, some okay. numbers, and you have to slide your stuff on there to see what kind where your hit roll is. So if you're trying uh, to actually attack, right? And if, if it hits a certain one, there's just so many hit points well, it, taken it, it, off. It, or... If it hits a certain one, that tells you how how well you rolled what your roll was essentially. Okay. And so like you know, you get the, the center, the dead center, this tiny thing for the mm-hmm. the twenty. The one's quite a bit larger, I promise you. I think I got a two on my first slide. <laughs> right. was, was not particularly... It's like, oh, I didn't push a little harder. Um, I happened to play the cleric. My wife played the barbarian. Um, okay, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah you know. well, you know. She's tough. She's tough. She's tough, and yes, I, I might have had to use a spell mm-hmm. or so myself. Um, with, in the various rooms, um, the puzzles usually took some teamwork to actually get them done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into detail and spoil it for too many, because it's well, then I don't know whether they're going to reuse some of these in the future. Right. Okay. And uh, how long was it? About an hour? Um, hour? it took us about a couple hours total. All hours. Th- wow. Okay. Well, there was some of the, the actual in the dungeon. I would say a bit over an hour, hour fifteen, somewhere there. I was tired when I got out. I know that. But the um, the prior to there were some different things. You have to spend some time getting the characters all set up and everything. And it's about forty dollar cost. Uh, that's about sixty something. Sixty something. A bit sixty two, if I remember right, is what we paid for a couple hours. For each person or per person. Wow. Okay. That's but... or you know if you happen to be here and have some generic tickets, they occasionally right. do need to have some fillers. Right. That's, yes, that's thirty one generic tickets here. That's a lot of generic tickets. There were people jumping in in the games wow. we were at. One of the, well, yeah, was it worth it? I think so. Yeah, okay, well, I, I probably would go back. Well, and while you were doing that uh, and giving us a good report of that, I was doing a tour with the Gen Con staff around Gen Con. Um, very fascinating how about how they run this and got to go in their secret back room, which wasn't that secret, but it was a great, great room, great view of the convention, um, and got to talk to their new president, which will hopefully get an interview. Uh, either today or tomorrow and of course post it online to get the insights on the next 50 years of Gen Con and maybe what's going on in the future so in the future as a near future maybe even next year, next even, year. if I come back next year but uh, I'm kind of leaning yeah. towards that I kind of yeah, like, it's kind of like better, this place this is yeah um, I've been to PAX as well I have mm-hmm. to say I, I actually think I enjoy this a bit more than PAX it's mm-hmm. not quite as Crazy crowded. It's. I mean, it feels crowded a bit, right. but not. Well, it's spread out. It's a large. It's spread out venue. better. <clears throat> and the fact this is really focused on tabletop gaming and packs is kind. Of, it has it's, tabletop gaming in there, uh, but a lot more focused on. They've got video uh, games and other aspects of the industry. Yeah. So I, I did. I don't know if you did this, but I highly recommend that you try to do this today. But you know the the person that started everything that we kind of love, Gary Gygax. I walked through the Gary Hall. Good. You. Did a little moment of silence. I hope to yeah, we, to we, Gary, a little walked, homage. We walked through there. It was yeah, it's a nice little thing. It kind of puts it in perspective yeah. of where, I mean, the the original the so Gen Con originated out um, originally was held in the Horticulture Hall at Lake Geneva, and the, the, this thing fits inside just one of the area many many areas that it is using right. this year. And the very respectful museum that they have out there and. How Gary Gygax started, and how he—in fact, what was interesting is—I don't know if you saw this—but he actually had the old, um, typed-out notes with handwritten, um, handwritten oh, notes yeah. on there uh, um, on the um, the original Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons yeah, yeah, it's it came grew out of chainmail originally, yeah. which is just, he expanded it from there. Um, yeah. And did you get any gaming in? I did actually. I actually hadn't played Seven Wonders Duel until yesterday. Oh, fantastic! So I sat down. There's, I'm, 
Unfortunately, I, I thought about it, it go, jumping into the tournament there, but um, unfortunately there was an interview I had to go catch, so didn't well, quite have enough time for that, so maybe today. Well, I, uh, I played a little bit of Yamatai. Uh, Games of Wonder was demoing the game. It had a, it, I liked the game. I really did. It was a little complicated, I must admit that. It was a little complicated, a lot of pieces, but beautiful map. Uh, and once you get into it, um, it's really enjoyable. I got to play with some people I didn't even know, which is wonderful, which is why we come out here yeah, and we do see, that. Yeah, my wife, my wife got to learn Ogre yesterday, and, uh, and Steve got to, uh, got to learn Chupacabra as well. I did, that's right. I did play another game. I forgot about that. And I won. He won. I did. He devoured all the goats and chicks and chickens and, bull, and cows. Yes, they were delicious. <laughs> they were delicious. Well, we have a full schedule here on day three of the convention. Uh, we're going to do some opportunity interviews. I hope we can catch yeah. a few... Um, Just a few other folks. Yeah. yeah. A few boats. And, of course, trying to get some games in. I mean, yeah, today's it's kind of sad a, if we don't get some tabletop I'll, games. I, I think we've managed a little bit today, at least. Right. So, with that, I think uh, let's um, let's do it. Roll Ready on, Ready to folks. go? Yeah. All right. Hey Geeks, I um, am still here at Gen Con. I'm with uh, a good friend of mine that we followed at ETX. I've known actually for a long time. We are connected in a way. David Gerard, how are you doing? Awesome, man. Man, you got, you're kicking it. I, I, you're you kicking know, it, man. I'm really happy. I know I can't wipe the smile off my face, obviously. Uh, really happy with the reception we're getting and everybody that comes in the booth is always very excited and very passionate about games. And this is kind of like... It's kind of like, obviously, the gamer's paradise when you just can talk to people and have right. a great time, and, and obviously the games are doing well, so that's fun, too, right? You know, yesterday, I I wanted to talk to you yesterday, but you were deeply involved with like, a group of gentlemen. I don't know, they look kind of important. You're really selling your game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, what was that about? Can yeah, you let, let us in on that? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't remember who exactly I was talking to, but you end up, you meet so many cool people here that, like... And, and people that, that can make things happen for you. So oh, you yeah. kind of have yeah. to very much have your little uh, corporate... Uh, no, I wouldn't say corporate, but right. you, know, you have to have your, your, your game face on for, sure. for selling yourself and selling your product. And, of course, I'm representing my team, right? right. So you always, always want to make sure that um, that you're, you're putting the right thing forward there. I can't remember who I was talking to, though. When, uh, but, uh, they were right over here, yeah. Yeah. You're I talking about how you're the top 1% in terms of the, the oh, art yeah. quality. Yeah, I was. I was. I was kind of a little brag. Uh, I'm, I'm a big braggart, so... But, uh, yeah, you know, we were talking about just uh, Kickstarters in general. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to get a Kickstarter company to really dedicate to making a high-quality product at the end, right? Right, um, right. You know, and, and so for us, the high-quality product is, is very paramount to what we're doing. We're trying to make a game that, you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like we're making artisan games, right? Right. Anybody can, any, not anybody, but there's a lot of games out there, I would say, that are going through Kickstarter. There's something like, you know, three to four hundred a month that are showing up there. Sure. And if, if most of those get made, then how do you get to the top, right? How do you get right. seen by everybody? And the only way that I can make sure that people, like, at least, at least give us that quick glance is like putting really good art in there. And really good, um, high quality components as well, right? And then, and then we got to sell them on the gameplay itself, right? Right. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, as a game developer, you have different sides. You get the actual development side, yeah, the gamer side. But I, yesterday, I saw the the salesman side of it. Oh, so yeah, it's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, I, I, I firmly believe that you could sell a freezer to Eskimos. Uh, you know, like, my, my my parents and my sister say the same thing. They're like, you can sell dirt to people. And I was like, you know, I don't know. It's funny too because I actually did a um, one of the first things we did here is um, board board game geek, right? The yeah, website. yeah. They have a system where um, you know, any games that are new here, they want you to come in and promote their game on a little five-minute.
mid spot, they stream it, and then they put it on their website, right? So I was like, cool. I did the whole interview, and um, and the, the, the woman that was in the interview, she was great, you know, and she was great. And uh, at the end, right when the camera turned off, she goes, "You know how to sell a game, my friend." And I thought, oh, that's incredibly nice of you. Right. And and, she, and I was like, do other people not sell their game? And she's like, well, you know, uh, right. you have a weird way about you. So it's uh, yeah, I don't know where I got that, but um, I really just enjoy talking to people and playing right. off of what they want to, uh, to to convey about their passion in gaming. So it's really easy for me to, to kind of make that connection with people because I'm also obviously a huge gamer and, and very passionate about gaming as well. Well, keep up the good work, man. I'm gonna, we're going to be following you and yeah. uh, the rest of your buddies here yeah. that came all the way out here to Indianapolis. So take care, man. Awesome, awesome, all right. awesome. See you later. Whoa. Hey Geeks, uh, I am here with Paul Peterson. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. And you're from the great state of Washington. I am. All the proudly. way, all the way here in Indianapolis. Yes. Well, it was a bit of a hike, but now Alaska has a direct flight, which is a kind of amazing. So, Paul, what's what's the name? Well, what's the name of your game? Or not game, but your company? Oh, I don't. I, I'm an independent game designer. Okay. I, I do a lot of work for a lot of companies, but uh, basically I make games and then I give them to somebody who actually makes them. <laughs> oh, okay, fantastic. Some, and the games you've done so far? Uh, Guillotine, Smash Up, mm-hmm. yeah. Unexploded Cow. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's great. So uh, now this is your full-time job doing, doing nope, this? not at all. I have a day job. So, you know, and again, I like to, all the listeners know this, every time we talk to game developers, they actually have an actual job to well, pay the bills. Yes, and because it's hard. This is this is hard work to do this. Yes, it's very hard work. It, it, this is almost a second full time job, basically, and a family and everything else. Right. But uh, we we love it so much, and and some of us are mm-hmm. successful enough that we could probably do without a day job. But it's hard to turn it down. <laughs> right. So what's your next project, or what are you working on right now? Uh, well, right now, like we're showing uh, the Ninth World, which is a game I designed here at the Lone Shark is doing it. Cool. Okay. Um, and I've got games in at like three other companies, breaking games and things like mm-hmm. that. And I'm here to talk with them and keep production going on those. So. And so I've, I've talked to a lot of the game developers here. They're kind of using Gen Con as that networking opportunity to try to get to the big dogs to right. see if they'll publish their games, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. a, lot of, a lot of people that, that, they have meetings and things mm-hmm. like that. At the moment in my cycle, I have so many games mm-hmm. at different publishers that I'm not here showing. But like last year, right. I was here showing and sold some games and now... We're getting them done, so. And there's like, uh, I was told there's like a game developer speed dating thing that yes. happens with these there's industries. Some, there's some amazing opportunities for, for developers, for n- new designers and developers. Speed mm-hmm. dating is amazing. It's just like mm-hmm. pitch to, a, to a, right. a whole bunch of companies show up and a whole bunch of designers and it's just like a quick pitch. And then they're like, no, that's not going to fit in our portfolio. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, here's my card, talk more, that kind of thing, yeah. And I'm assuming that that's your your main course of action, but then your, your fallback from one of these guys, okay, well, I'll do a Kickstarter or something like that. Right. Well, it depends. For some people, Kickstarter is their main course of actions. People mm-hmm. are very successful doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's getting more and more crowded, but people are still successful doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can publish it yourself without Kickstarter. The resources nowadays are amazing to just go ahead and publish it. Like mm-hmm. it's a- almost silly not to do a Kickstarter because then you like get the capital ahead of time to sure, fund all of sure. that. But anybody who wanted to can. There's drive-through cards, Game Crafter, we have a booth right over there, mm-hmm. are just amazing resources for just like a person to make a game and sell it basically so Paul, Paul what do you what do you think the preference is is it, is it different for each person I or think it's, why, why are you doing why are you trying to do the having a, a company pick it up rather than because I want to move on to the next game okay, I, I, okay. I, I design it and right. I love them and I but then they have the resources necessary I don't want to I'm a game designer and I don't want to deal with 
the the production of it. Right. I don't want to I don't want to get an artist and and assign art pieces to them and have a deadlines for all of that stuff. I want to make a game in my own mm -hmm. time. Come to a company, mm -hmm. say, "Hey, is this cool? Do you want this?" And when they say yes, then they take it from there. So, right? so for game developers, is it? It sounds like it's a lot easier, obviously, to have someone pick it up for you. Yes. But is there a is there a cut like? Will you not get as much money from it versus doing it your own? Oh yeah, or? probably not. But okay. it, I mean, there's a there's a there's the the game does developers have more reach than I do, right? right. If I put it up on Kickstarter as a, as just an independent game designer, I have to mm -hmm. hope it gets discovered. I have to hope people love it. I hope mm -hmm. to hope enough people love it that it gets funded. Whereas if I sell it to another mm -hmm. company, they already have distribution. They already have advertising that they're doing. Mm -hmm. They're already going to this show. Right. Have a booth, and your product will be on the shelf, and and right. tens of thousands of gamers will walk by and see it. Right, so there's advantages to both. Obviously, if I do it all myself, mm -hmm. then you know I then it costs me however much it costs me, and I sell it for however much, and I'm definitely going to make a higher percentage. Like the, the right. when the company does it, mm -hmm. they go they do all of that, and then part of their cost is paying the designer, mm -hmm. but they have to pay all the rest of the costs too. So right, I've talked to a lot of these developers. They were telling me the artist is by far almost the largest part of the cost uh, yeah, definitely. of doing well, it. Although that's all an upfront cost, right? That's right. the largest part of the cost for initial, but if it's a successful game, then the next time they print it, mm -hmm. they don't have to pay for art again. Right. <laughs> and so instead of trying to trying to like do your own thing and a Kickstarter and artist, you can actually move on to the next game development. Right, exactly. That's why That's I, awesome. like I said, I've got three games that are that I've sold to mm -hmm. people here that I'm here to meet with and do a little bit more development on, but they're all taking care of all of that and that's why I can have three games is because I'm not mm -hmm. if I was doing a Kickstarter right now for one of those games, there's no way I'd have right. the brain space to be working on the other ones. So Paul, what's the elevator pitch for your uh, your new game you got? Uh, for the ninth world, it is a hand management game. It, there's a lot of deck builders, and here you're really kind of building just a hand of cards that you get every turn. And then it's uh, you're bidding against other people to uh, to buy cards off of the table. It's all based on a very popular RPG called Numenera okay. that, that some of your fans might might have played to be aware of from Anikov Games. So, all right, Paul, thank you. Thanks oh, for talking to me. I appreciate pleasure. it. Yeah. All right, take care. Good luck. Good luck. Hey Geeks, it's me, Blue Samurai. It is day three of the convention, and here I am with Greg. I'm still here, this is Greg Pratt. He's still here. We've had a pretty good day today, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'd say so. Exhausting, but good. Yeah, yeah. Did you get any gaming done at all? Did you get any gaming today? Uh, I'm trying to think. I think I did. It's been a kind of a blur after, yeah. Right. Maybe I, I didn't. Well, we were we were running around trying to find the people we were supposed to interview, and we we were able to corner um, two really good game developers. One being Owen K C Stevens, who is the he works for Paizo. He actually works for other stuff as well. He's done a too. lot of stuff over the years. His, yeah. His it, recent claim to fame, of course, is Starfinder. Starfinder. Yeah. yeah. And. That, Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's a huge, huge thing. The uh, they they brought in they brought in half again as much um, Starfinder as they were as any product they'd ever sold, yeah. and uh, figured, hey, it's a four day supply. They blew through it in four hours. Yeah, folks. four hours. Yeah, and great thing is we got to sit down with Owen and get the really good details of how this game was developed and some little nuggets too, some interesting oh, yeah. uh, facts some really <laughs> behind the scenes too, how this came out. And then later on, we got to talk to you know Bruce Greg, Cord yeah, Bruce, Bruce Cordell. Cordell, yeah, Bruce Cordell, you know, someone that, I mean, 
Shoot, Greg and I, I mean, we probably grew up seeing this guy. Well, I know he did. His work is all, yeah, yeah. Since TSR, so it was really good to talk to him. Yeah, and got my, yeah let's see what else. My, my wife did a bit of shopping today. I got the T-shirt mm-hmm. for the kids. And I got an awesome T-shirt. Uh, I got the Orville Cleric Act T-shirt, which I really enjoy. Oh, I got to shake hands with... Uh, the uh, one and only Larry Elmore today. Right. We might uh, work on maybe talking to him tomorrow morning. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, that'd be good. We'll have that on the podcast as well. And I'm, I've got some more um, some more interviews tomorrow that hopefully we can get for our listeners out there. And hopefully, if I have the time, tomorrow's the last day. I'm supposed to cobble this together somehow and post it. Um, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do that, to tell you the truth. Super glue. Do super glue. Do super glue? I don't think that's going to work. I'm going to have to... Call Paul. Oh, well. Anyway, <laughs> so other than that, I think it's been a pretty productive day. Yeah, I've still got a little bit more to go myself. I'm going to maybe go see Steve. Hopefully Steve Jackson gets some stuff signed and uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of Power Wars myself. Yeah, I'm going to do a little bit of net- networking and um, hang out with some of the game developers. So... Well, with that, I think that's all we have for this particular days of podcasting. So with that, um, we'll see you again next day. Play on, folks. Hey, geeks, this is Blue Samurai here with Greg. And we are still here. Still here. And this is the last day, day four of Gen Con. So what do you think, Greg? Wow, uh, I don't know how to. It's hard to put your put a couple of words around this whole thing. Incredible experience uh, for any gamer. Uh, it's just so much going on. It's hard. I, you know, even even before here, still discovering nooks and crannies that I've missed at the convention. Right. Right. I, I, you know, the, the the exhibitors, all the vendors. I still keep running around. It's like I, I thought I went through this area. Right. Maybe what's this shop? <laughs> you uh, met a met a hero of yours, right? Uh, yes, Larry I did. Elmore. I got got to interview Larry Elmore today. That was that was incredible. I've been you know Fantastic. Yeah. reading his stuff since and looking at his artwork since I was a kid. Uh, hard hard to put that one into words. And I uh, stopped by and saw some of my uh, Washington State uh, indie gamers that are trying to push their wares this morning. So that was enjoyable to see them and I've got a few more interviews and we're, t- we're actually recording this right now it's in the morning um, but yeah. I don't think uh, Greg and I are probably going to meet up after this we're going to kind of go yeah. our separate ways try to get a few more interviews um, Steve's catching an earlier flight than I am and I am catching an earlier flight and I'm, so. we're actually driving out out of here to visit my, fr- my brother so okay. yeah, I'm trying to think I, I did ca- get in a uh, game of Car Wars while I was there it was one of my favorites uh, excellent it yeah. did, did, did quite well I got, got myself two kills out of the evening right. there was a, oh that's right there was a, kind of a Steve Jackson uh, party last night right? well they've got the Munchkin uh, Tavern they had every night and Steve Jackson was there last night um, so those who were um, who are attending Dragonflight listening to this um, I did get a card signed by Steve it's just one of the promo cards but I'm going to be it's going to get handed out with, at the Munchkin Tournament at Dragonflight oh excellent so excellent. something cool there and I believe I'm going to try to post this today if I can I don't know <laughs> depends on internet and all that kind of stuff but hopefully this will go up before Dragonflight so everyone will hear that yeah so yeah, Munch, the Munchkins attended at the uh, at Dragonflight should be so vying for that. So all in all, um, 
said you enjoyed it. Do you think you, do you see yourself coming back next year? I could year? see myself. Well, I don't know if I'm going to build. It depends on you know, budget and vacation. But uh, yeah. I would very much like to come back. Um, this is an experience that now having done it, yeah, this might be a good one to bring my my son to, or my, maybe my daughter, as we'll see. Daughters are a lot older than my son, but well, I'm, I'm glad I came by. I'm, I'm glad that you were able to substitute for my two hosts that could not make it. Apparently, yeah, man, what's up with you two? Apparently, their their families and their jobs are more important. Can, can you believe that? Yeah, man, so more important than tabletop you, you, games. You, you could have brought your family with you, you know, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's not cheap at all. I know. I brought my wife. Did you get any games? Did you buy any games? <laughs> <laughs> I have four massive bags of stuff that have to go home. So no, no, I'm no. gonna be. I'm gonna be paying for. I gotta get stop and get some boxes. I mean, it's. And what'd you get? Let's see. There's Twilight Imperium hiding in there, of course. Um, get some promo stuff for Cave mm-hmm. Tokyo and upgrade our sets to the new edition since they were. On, there was a bundle deal. They got me there. I know. Um, my wife picked up uh, some new role playing game that, that's actually supposedly. It's one that's recommended for working with um, okay. kids who have like autism and issues like that. It's like role playing. It's work for them. Uh, tons of promos from all over the, across the spectrum. I I did pick up in the auction a copy of Eldritch Wizardry. That, that's mm-hmm. like the third. That's that one of the white books. It's first printing of the third supplement for Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, that's right. It's actually, it's actually it's the third book, which would be the second supplement. And how much did it cost you? Um, more than I probably should have paid, but it was... <laughs> right. eBay, eBay says I, I won't lose money on it, at least, uh, if I decide I don't want it at a later date. Sure. And I got a bunch of other stuff at the auction. And what else is filling those bags? <laughs> I'd have to look. Some, yeah, a bunch of role-playing books. Uh, yeah. Well, most... There, you'll, you'll see all sorts of stuff at the auction. By the way, mm-hmm. uh, we were there yesterday, and someone was auctioning off a ca- like a Castle Grayskull from the He-Man collection. Oh wow! <laughs> from back in the eighties. And how much did that go for? I don't. Someone got, but it, it was in sad shape, and it went for about ten bucks still. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm, it, if you really want a good laugh at Gen Con, come back on like their Friday, where they're trying to auction off the items that didn't previously sell. <laughs> right. <laughs> and right. the guys are just hilarious at that point. Mm. So. Well, let me see. I didn't pick up much because I, I have limited space and I didn't want to pay for extra baggage. So I got, yeah. uh, I did get the uh, new Splendor expansion, which is Cities of Splendor. I, I picked that up. I also picked up, and this is not for me, but this is for uh, Doug, who many of the listeners might know or recall oh, yeah, that he, he does the game reviews for uh, Geeks of Cascadia, uh, Geeks Tabletop Game Review. And he he text he knew I was out here, so he he emailed me. It's like, hey dude, can you can you pick me up a game? So I picked him up a game. And, and by the way, Doug, you you owe me seventy dollars. Um, it's uh, <laughs> plus shipping charges, yes, right? Yes, I think it's the it's called the Golem Edition, which is uh, basically a uh, kind of um, a reskinning of Century Spice Road, uh, except instead of spices and merchants, it's golems and gems. Okay. So it looks cool. Um, so maybe I'll crack it open and play it before I give it back, give it to him. I don't know. Let's see. It, oh yeah, there's another thing. I'm thinking there was this place selling like little little bits of little plastic bit, various tokens and stuff. I filled up a couple little bags of that. Oh yeah. Well, and then and there's, there's cool stuff all over the that, place. There though. is, and it's just walking through here, just trying to find you. Um, I, people were just handing me stuff. I mean, I got this. I got this figure I just stuffed in my pocket. I, what is? What oh, is that? Wild, Wild West, West Exodus. Exodus, the legendary captain. Mimu. Mimu. So anyway, yeah, 
so if you ever get a chance, like I said, if you're a tabletop gamer this is, and you enjoy this, you're a nerd, you should at least go to this once in your lifetime. Yeah, it's an incredible experience and it it's is. a chance to, I mean, like, you know, I play Car Wars, I, I got to play Car Wars against guys mm-hmm. who I've talked to on the forums, never met in real life. Right. And there, there's like three or four of them here and we... We, we had a great time and, you know, talked about our favorite game. Well, on, on top of that, you get to meet the game designers that oh, yeah. actually it, develop these games. They're all here. They're all friendly. I mean, it, it's been, it was a huge list that we've talked to over the yeah. weekend. Uh, and, you know, I, it's still blown away. might still try to squeak one or two more in. but Yeah, uh, yeah, me too. Uh, and this uh, this podcast, this, this special, Gen Con special, we'll try to get as many of the, kind of the smaller ones in there that we can fit. Um, hopefully, I won't doesn't go over an hour uh, and the longer ones of course with you know Owen Casey Stevens and that was uh, an incredible interview yeah I mean and some of the longer ones that we had we'll, we'll definitely do it in a separate um, podcast and one of the episodes so anyway all in all good deal uh, we still have a little bit more to do this day but I think this will be the the last one you and I will be on. Yeah, probably. Unless they drag me out. I'm sure you'll drag me back again for another one in the future. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Greg. Thank you yeah, for coming along. Thanks for and, having uh, me here. And, you know. I'll, well, I'll see you at Dragonfly. Yeah, roll on, folks. All right. Catch you later. Hey, geeks. It's Blue Samurai, and I'm here at Gen Con, and I have the great pleasure of interviewing the president of Gen Con. David Hoppy, how's it going? It's going great. We've had a really good weekend. And this is your, this is, I know you've done cons in the past, but yeah. this is your first Gen Con that you're running. This is your Gen Con that you're. This is the first Gen mm-hmm. Con since I've come on full time yes. as the president mm-hmm. of the organization. Uh, we've had a really nice transition from our previous uh, CEO, mm-hmm. and so now we're going to get through this show with, with a lot of good success and start working on next year already. Well, excellent. I just want you to know I've been talking to your staff, and they say they like you. <laughs> good. Uh, I like them they say a lot. They, they, they're willing to keep you another con. <laughs> okay, good. But only one more to All see right. how you do. Well, I'll see what I can do. So you, you came on in March, is that correct? Uh, May. May, Okay. And before that, you either worked for Microsoft or, or WOTC, right? Uh, um, well, so I was WOTC, then Microsoft, and then I was working in uh, mobile games for a small uh, studio here in Seattle and Victoria, British Columbia. Okay, and so what was your role at, at WOTC then? So WOTC, I was part of the original team that put together uh, basically organized play as we know it today. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I come back here uh, almost 20 years later, and we still haven't come up with a better name than organized play. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but we developed the Pro Tours and the whole tournament infrastructure, including Grand Prix and mm-hmm. uh, the retail leagues that we were doing. Um, and then I also did some work on the, the product side as well, on Magic and a little bit on D&D. And then you did that for a few years till when? To... Uh, so I was there uh, through the, the Pokemon craziness right, that we okay. had there, which is a good kind of craziness. Then uh, uh, that took me up through 2002. Okay. And then I uh, and then I continued on in trading card games for a little while after that as well. And then went into Microsoft. Then. Yeah, so I okay. went from I went to Upper Deck and um, was consulting with them for several years um, down in Carlsbad. Although mm-hmm. kept my roots in in Cascadia, um, and then yes, went and worked on uh, on some Xbox Live programs. We were doing some. Uh, web-based programming, trying to bring uh, Xbox Live to the web, mm-hmm. uh, and then I also spent some time on the business team uh, on the console with uh, 
the live subscriptions product as well. So you're working the field that you love, right? You're. I, I, I mean, I, I've loved games uh, since I came out of business school. Um, it, it has this great intersection of being an, an entertainment product, mm -hmm. um, but it's also something that just engenders so much passion and some of the smartest, nicest people you ever want to meet here. So it's just a great mix. So growing up, you probably played maybe D and D, maybe you did some board games. Or what, know, what, what's I the am, history I'm there? I'm not as hardcore of a gamer as uh, as people would expect. I have this really high degree of, of game empathy uh, and, I, and I trace it back mm -hmm. the fact that I didn't kind of uh, sort of slip over the edge into being mm -hmm. a true gamer uh, back to a time uh, back in Chicago uh, in the mm -hmm. 70s um, there, was a, there was a game store on, uh, on Diversity Avenue uh, and uh, I used to go in there all the time because, you know, back in the 70s, kids, we got to wander around the city all the time. Yeah, I, I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd go in there and I would just, I would go around the counters and I remember looking at all the miniatures and uh, and then, you know, drag my mom in there and she would buy me uh, a few of them. And, you know, I thought they were great. And I think I even picked up a copy of Dungeon, which was this old oh, yeah, starter yeah. product, right? Um, and But I didn't, I had the, the classic uh, gamer's dilemma, I didn't have anybody to play with. Uh, and then one day I was in there, and there was a curtain over the wall, mm -hmm. and uh, there's all this noise and stuff going on back there. And I said to the owner, I was like, what's going on back there? And he was like, oh, no, you don't want to go behind the curtain. So I never got to step behind the curtain. And I think right. if I had gone behind the curtain, I might have um, fallen in a lot more with D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't really till I was at Wizards and started playing Magic that I kind of really channeled my, my inner right. game. And now you're you're really in it now. You're really in, in the scenes of, uh, of tabletop gaming and the industry and True. running this, this convention. Although I will say, uh, in fact, um, I will credit uh, Adrian Sword out there, our outgoing CEO, with um, with this metaphor is that you know we really provide the frame, and it's all the game publishers and certainly the players, but uh, and game designers that provide the actual art, right? Mm -hmm. So we're we're in the business of. Um, you know, of enabling the, these great moments in gaming uh, and helping, you know, bring together people who play as well as people who make games. So why'd you come to Gen Con? Why, why'd you take up the, the role? Well, I, I was really attracted by um, the the fact that there's so much going on in the tabletop gaming industry and it's mm -hmm. grown so much. Um, and, you know, technology is actually... Uh, you know, back at Wizards, we used to always worry, and Peter Atkinson and I have talked about this. Uh, we've worried about, uh, you know, were video games going to take over right, and, and sort of take right, over tabletop yeah. gaming? Well, that's clearly never going to happen. Technology is no longer, um, you know, the bogeyman, um, but it actually can enable and enhance what we're doing. And so I think that there's a real opportunity uh, with Gen Con uh, to. Um, you know, to sort of bring bring a, a little bit more uh, of an update and an upgrade in mm -hmm. our, our technology approach to just help us do the things that we do better and then help help sort of um, solidify the way these things are operated right. and, and just make it easier and bring it to more people. I mean, what, that is fascinating about how, and I've talked to other developers around here, how they felt at first that there was this fear that as digital age was coming about and as... Uh, computer games came about that tabletop gaming would disappear and you're right it hasn't yeah. it's actually grown yeah, um, exactly. and I'm not quite sure what that is is it is it is it the enhancements of uh, of digital programming with 
with the role playing, or what is it? What what is it that's causing this? I, I think it's. I think what what's happened is that digital gaming has made more people aware of gaming, and mm-hmm. more it's become more accessible, uh, and people get to know, get to find out that they really love it, that they are gamers, mm-hmm. um, and then I think what we've seen, and uh, when we talk to people who are at events like PAX and things like that. You know, we tell them about Gen Con, and they're like, really? Like, they never knew, right. right, that they could do this. And you see, I think, so you see this, I don't want to say uh, downshift, but sort of this shift over as people who came into gaming through, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, et cetera, discovering tabletop gaming, and, and then suddenly say, wow, this is also a great thing. So the, the mm-hmm. two things can live side by side, and that's, that's yet another reason right. why I really want to come do this, just to, to help, mm-hmm. help nurture that along. And what I really like about Gen Con, I've spent the last uh, four days talking to developers, both big and small. Mm-hmm. And what I really enjoy about Gen Con that I didn't even think was really happening was the the synergy going on with these indie developers um, trying to sell their wares and push the next big thing out there, yep. the next big dominion, the next big magic or, or whatever. Um, uh, a lot of them were telling me it's like this is we have to go here. This is where yeah. we can maybe break it out and and make it big. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, Gen Con is the premier event for doing that, right? We're uh, launching over five. Well, not we, but our publishers are launching over five hundred games or debuting right. them here at this event. Um, it it times really nicely. Um, I think one of the things that that game developers particularly like about uh, Gen Con is the opportunity to actually sit down and play with a lot of people and to show mm-hmm. your game to a lot of people. If you're you know, if you're a small indie guy and, and maybe you're putting something together on Kickstarter, um, you know you've probably worn out your friends and family uh, right. after yeah, a while. Yeah. You come here and you know we provide that mechanism mm-hmm. so people can actually really get some new fresh feedback. So it, really it was exciting. really cool to talk to to one indie guy that said that. It looks like they're gonna. They got a big deal going yeah. with a, a, a bigger, uh, bigger company. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the big companies. They rolling out their product like uh, Paizo. Paizo put mm-hmm. out uh, their Starfinders. And uh, I was talking to Owen Casey Stevens, and he said, "Well, we we estimated we brought four days worth of inventory. We we thought for sure it lasts for four days, not four to six hours." Yeah, right. Um, and Gen Con. Sold them out. <laughs> yeah, we've seen. I think this year in particular, um, we'll go back and try to figure out a little bit why. But I think our exhibitors this year have had a really, really good year. Some mm-hmm. of it is just that it's, there's great product coming out, and you know, Starfinder is, as you noted, was probably the most hotly anticipated oh, yeah. uh, product of the show. Um, and the and the Paizo folks are great uh, at, at sort of building up the the excitement around it. But you know, it is so hard to predict. Like you, you never know, and you don't want to get stuck having a cart. A whole bunch of those, oh, yeah, definitely. those books back to Seattle. So. Well, as I as I told him, I said, "Well, I think this is a good problem to have. It's so. a good problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> definitely keep people interested." Right. So, how many? I know you probably won't know till this is all over, mm. or maybe you know now. How many people do you think came well, here? Yeah, I mean, we. I think we we have a sense of it. Obviously, uh, we have to do a lot of work because there's many different types of of badges and how people come sure. in and out. So we have to do a bit of deduping. I mean, we one of the things that we've really tried to do this year is make sure that for Gen Con 50 and also for going forward that we protect the attendee experience. Um, our early projections were showing that we could have had you know massive numbers here, but mm-hmm. then it would it would be unpleasant, right? You couldn't right. walk on the show floor. You couldn't walk anywhere. So uh, 
we'll look into be we're going to continue to grow it depends on how you count it um but our you know our overall number of people number of badges sold mm -hmm. is going to be up above what we've had in previous years up in the in the 60,000s um and we're going to continue to try to chip away at that to bring every you know more and more folks here but make sure that it stays really really fun and accessible well, I, I think you're doing really well. Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, this is my first year, but yeah. I, I love it. Um, since you're the new president, you're coming in, mm -hmm. what changes do you would you like to bring to Gen Con? And what do you see as the future of Gen Con going forward, maybe the next year, five years, or maybe in the next 50 years? Sure. <laughs> well, I don't know if I can last that long, but I'll <laughs> certainly give it a try. Uh, I think, um, you know, fundamentally what we do here in Indianapolis is fantastic. There's nothing like it anyplace else in the world. Uh, and I don't envision any, you know, significant overhauls or changes. This is going to be continuous improvement. And, you know, as I mm -hmm. mentioned, you're bringing some technology solutions to bear to make it a little bit easier how we control crowds and how we program uh, different things at different mm -hmm. times to make sure that, you know, everybody has a, has a good time. Uh, outside of that, uh, what I am also really interested in and think a lot about is, you know, we have this, this very powerful four-day experience we generate you know tons of of content for lack of a better word or you know just so much happens in these four days but then there's 361 other days in the year and right. how how can folks who either you know you can't see everything when you're here you can barely even that's comprehend true. everything yeah. that's here how can you go back and relive or experience some of those things that have already gone by or for you know the folks who can't make the trek uh, out here to indianapolis how can you experience some of that um and so that's, you know, that, and that fits really well with, mm -hmm. again, you know, the, the technology notion of uh, we have many, many more channels now to communicate with our players and, and bring Gen Con to a, a bigger, bigger audience um, throughout the year. So those are the kinds of areas where I'm going to be working on over the next several years. Oh, well, good. Good. Well, uh, thanks a lot for agreeing to be on this uh, interview. And I just want to put in my plug keep the coffee in the press room okay that's outstanding the press <laughs> love it by the way thank you i'll make sure that happens all right thanks a lot david thanks, take care well geeks that's about it for our gen con special episode nine will drop later to make way for this gen con special again i'm sorry about the sound quality throughout this episode but i hope we made up for it with awesome interviews Remember, several of our interviews were conducted at Gen Con will be posted later. They are longer and more in-depth or recorded late in the day, so I couldn't get them into this special. Some of the interviews you'll hear on the future podcast will include Andrew Hackard. He gives us insight into Munchkin line and the future of Steve Jackson Games. Mike Selinker shares thoughts about his history of game development going back to TSR and what his company Loan Shark Games is doing. Owen Casey Stevens, the lead developer of Paizo's big hit Starfinder, gives us the untold story behind the story of Starfinder development and gives us a peek into Starfinder's future. You will not want to miss this one. And a great interview with great D&D artist and creator of Snarf Quest, Larry Ellsmore. Thanks to Tobias Drury with MesaMundi.com. Thanks to David Gerard with Junk Spirit Games. Special thanks goes out to Rob... Duncan, Robert Huss, and Tim Blank at Tabletop Co-op. By the way, Kelly Toyama, sorry we didn't get to connect. Also, thanks to Andrew Hackard with Steve Jackson Games, Mike Seleniker with Lone Shark Games, Owen Casey Stevens of Paizo, Bruce Cordell, who partners with Monty Cook Games, and Paul Peterson. 
thanks to the crew of the Speak Podcast who gave me pointers to improve my podcast. We will be working on those suggestions. Also, thanks to Scott Kurtz and the staff of Table Titans who inspired me in my other job. A very special thanks to David Hoppy and Jake Tice of Gen Con and to their entire staff. By the way, I love the free coffee in the press room. Keep that up next year. And finally, I have to thank Greg Pratt who agreed to come with me on the trip and help with co-hosting duties and scheduling interviews. Again, geeks, thanks for listening. Without you, we wouldn't have a show. Please share this with your friends and rate us wherever you get your podcasts and on Facebook. If you want to connect with us, just email us at geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. Again, that's geeksofcascadia at gmail.com. Until then, embrace the nerd, and I hope you make that saving throw. Cascadia podcast featuring Steve Hobbs, Paul Anderson, and Joe Costa. This podcast is brought to you by OrcaCon.